Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to today's episode of the John Papaloni Show. Today, I have special guest Mark Dodoro. How's it going, Mark? It's going well. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. Glad uh, to have you here. This is uh, going to be an exciting episode. I'm loving it already. We're in the similar industry, a little bit different brokerages, but we're in the same industry. So we're going to be able to compare some notes. Yes, so we will. Let's start off the podcast with a brief description of who you are, what you do, how you got there. All right. Um, thanks for having me, John. Uh, my name is Mark Dodaro, and I am a realtor with Right at Home Realty. I've been in the business now 20 years. This is uh, February. I just had my 20th year um, anniversary. So um, I am an investor, an avid investor in Toronto real estate, and I am the CEO and co-founder of Lee Croft Real Estate Management, which is a full service property management company and construction management company. That's phenomenal. See, I just learned something new about you. I did not <laughs> you know go. you had the property management. Yes, thing. yes, I do. That uh, is awesome. And yeah. like 20 years, I mean, you've been in this business longer than I have. So that's incredible. But why yeah. real estate? Uh, why real estate? Well, um, it's funny, actually, when I was uh, early on, like just finished high school even, um, and I took my real estate broker's license uh, course. And I didn't complete it at that time. I think I was just figuring out my life pretty much. Um, but then I, it was always pulled towards that. My father-in-law was a uh, real estate broker himself and he kept saying to me, you should get into the business and encouraging me. And so from there, I, um, I returned to take the courses, passed the courses, was licensed and um, I guess the, the rest is history. Yeah, that makes sense, man. Like it's uh, for, like for me, real estate wasn't the first choice, right? Um, and not that I had anything against it; it was just not something I thought of. Mm -hmm. So it was just sort of something that came about uh, later on when I had to pick something other than what I was doing. Mm -hmm. So uh, and and usually I find that's the common story out there with everybody that right. uh, you know they, they, it's not like they wake up and say, "Hey, Daddy, when I grow up, I want to be a real estate agent." Like yeah. that's usually not the typical. Uh, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. So yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah, and I'm no different. Um, mm -hmm. So that's great that you got into it mm -hmm. and uh like along the journey i mean the market's been up and down all over right. the place mm -hmm. now describe what the market was when you first got in <sighs> good question i mean when i first started um like many new agents i didn't know what i was doing uh, i just you know sort of got the license and sort of learned as i went along uh, one thing about me was i was a very hard worker and i figured i what i didn't know you know, what I didn't, what I lacked in knowledge, I would make up, you know, just by working hard. Um, and so, um, yeah, I mean, that, that was pretty much, uh, my, my path when I started basically just working hard, plowing through, trying to get new, uh, clients, uh, holding open houses, all the basics, you know, the door knocking, the, um, the flyer, like I did all of that and, and basically brought me to where I am today, where I don't do as much of that anymore. That was also, that was all done, you know, in the initial five years of the business. Um, and so, um, you know, now I, I don't do as much of that anymore. And, um, and then things are, things are okay. But the market itself, I would say that, you know, I, I, 20 years is a long span. And so I've seen different, uh, peaks and valleys. I've seen, you know, 2003 when I was licensed, it was, um, the market was slow, but the one thing I can tell you is it's been constant from then till now has been the lack of supply. We just don't have enough properties, especially in the city of Toronto. Um, not only the lack of supply, but you know, 
when clients come to me and they ask me to find them a certain type of property, it's always been this way. It's I've never been able to find, uh, you know, there was never a plethora of properties. There's just like, you know, I remember a story that my, my father told me, he was trying to sell his house. I think it was in the early nineties. He had his house on the market and he had like eight other houses on the same street for sale. And, you know, he says, you know, the market was just flooded. You know, we couldn't, you know, if they came to your house, they saw your house, they would move on to the next and the next, and they would, you know, they would compare shop, but we don't have that now. So it's complete, it's actually the opposite. You know, you can, you could take a two, three kilometer radius in Toronto and there'll be nothing for sale. And so that's where realtors have to actually go out there and, you know, and, 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 realtor again like you have to go out there and do do the basics knock on doors try to find these properties for them because you know if you're just going by mls you're going to be waiting a long time you know i think i think i was listening to a podcast that you had on uh, a couple days ago and you said there's a a month and uh, yeah 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 it was uh, 1.7 months of inventory inventory. Uh, that that's just uh you know for the current demand that's just not enough you're right absolutely and and that and that's the thing right like it's not as crazy it was in the beginning of 2022 where right. we had like three weeks of inventory. Right. I mean, so, but it's still madness for what we need. Right. So with that being said, even like, the, like let's talk about the prices in 2003. Mm-hmm. What was an average detached home in Toronto? Oh, um, you're challenging me there, but I know, you know, the detached, you know, let's take uh, an area of Toronto, um, you know, let's say Don Mills, for example, you know, a semi-detached house, the average price was like, you know, a range of maybe 270 to 300, 340, you know, it really ranges, you know, but the prices from then till now have just uh, multiplied, you know, fivefold, you know, they've really uh, skyrocketed since then. But that's all a result of, of, you know, the influx, you know, the population has changed in 20 years. So if you take the population and, you know, the amount of available product, um, that's why you see all these condos going up, these townhouses being built, just to to meet that demand. And they're all being sold. It's not like they're sitting and, you know, like in the late early 90s, you had sites in Vaughan, for example, that were just sitting um, with for sale signs. They These are all bought. They're all bought properties. So, um, yeah, yeah. sales are good. This is the thing, right? So, and, mm-hmm. that, and that's the point. Like, even going, you're saying 270 to 340. Yeah. Now that same property, that yep. same address, yep. is gonna, today is going to be, even after the drop, yep. it's still going to be like 800 to 850 uh, at least. Yeah. If not more, depending on yeah. the, uh, you know, exact On area. the area, yeah. I mean, a typical house, uh, like what we just spoke about right now, you're, you're probably looking at one, two, one, three. I, and, and trust me, these are not, they're not, you know, luxury property. These are pretty basic properties in good areas, but they're basic property. They're, they're, you know, relatively smaller, semi-detached homes, but that's the value of them today. Yeah. So it's madness. It's crazy out there. Yeah. So, and and that's the thing, right? So what you're illustrating is Mm -hmm. proof that real estate is always a good investment. It is. Yeah. Now, sometimes it's better to get in than other times, Mm -hmm. but as long as you're willing to buy and hold, there's opportunity. Right. Right. Now, so with that being said, now, now, okay, so we, we've established that, that, uh, you know, real estate is good and stuff. And we, you know, you've been in it a lot longer than me. I've only been in it. What I'm, I'm going to be up on eight years in about three months. That's, that's pretty good. I mean, you know, you say eight years, but that, that is a, a considerable amount of time in the business. I would say, you know, a lot of agents that jumped in during COVID, you know, uh, 
one or two years experience they're right now they're they don't know where to go they don't know what to do they're looking for guidance um because they're having uh troubles because they don't they haven't been in it long enough to see the repeat business so they got in covid they made a few dollars but now what that's the challenge I'm, I'm finding a lot of new agents who I mentor and they, they ask me for advice. That's the issue. They're like, what's next? Where is the next deal going to come from? So a lot of them are supplementing their income by getting secondary uh, jobs just to, to, you know, pay rent and, you know, to make ends meet. Right. Absolutely. Now that's one thing I learned. Right. And it's, uh, this is the part that I found comical about the business. So many people see the fancy dancy cars and they think that uh, realtors are racking it in. (laughs) All we do is put a sign on the lot and wait for the cash to roll in. Right. Right. And that's the typical thing. And now it doesn't help some places like some people in the industry or some even brokerages don't help when they're lining a silver lining in their explanation mm-hmm. is that uh, oh you know there's money to be made here just look outside look at all the cars mm-hmm. well that's feeding the fictitious fake fraud image yep. right and which is not reality because like, like what is it i think it's 80 percent of the people are gone within five years that I, i've heard that's that and it's probably pretty accurate um it, it you know that that perception has been sort of accelerated with the Instagram, Facebook, like you don't know who's, who's who you, you could, you know, for, for a few hundred dollars, you can come up with a profile and, you know, rent some cars and, 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 you know, have a fancy lifestyle. Um, but it's all phony, you know, a lot of it's phony. And so, uh, the reality is, you know, just like buying real estate, longevity is going to get you uh, success in this business because, um, you know, you have that repeat, but you have that returning client that, you know, knows you, trusts you and likes you. Um, I'll give you a perfect example. Um, I had a client that I sold in, I think it was in 2004. I think it was one of my first deals I did. She actually called me last year. She was old when I met her older, uh, like I was, you know, my twenties and she was, I think around 70 ish. And she had moved and she sold her house and she bought a condo from me. And um, she called me last year and she says, she was, I think, weeks away from her 90th birthday. And she said to me, "Um, I wanna move closer to my kids. Uh, You have to move me. So, uh, and I went to her property, the one I sold her initially, and she had my first business card on her fridge. And, you know, I was, you know, that's very humbling to see that and to, to kind of know that, you know, all these years she kind of kept me as her realtor and kept me in her mind. And uh, when time came, she phoned me and I did that transaction. So it, it is, again, a very important time in the industry. Like I want to say almost any industry, but in real estate, it's because there's so much competition. If you're not top of mind, they'll go to whoever is top of mind at that time unless they know you, like you, and trust you. Absolutely. I agree with you on that. See, it's, I think it's even more than just top of mind. It, it's also about the service and quality you provide, right? right? Like you have to, it can't be a transaction to you. Right. Like you have to actually care about the people. Right. And if you're looking for just a transaction, yeah. then you're just a number. And if you're just a number, you're a number that can be replaced. Right. Which is why, like you said, it's about people who know, like, and trust you. Right. Which is why the database is probably the key fundamental 
tool that realtors have. Right. Absolutely. I mean, my, my database has grown over the years, started with zero. It's just a blank Excel spreadsheet, but now it's grown to, I would say, uh, I think it's just over a thousand names. And, uh, and that's my sort of inner circle that, you know, they get, my, uh, you know, my exclusive listings, they get, you know, if I know something's coming to market a week from now, they get it first. So, um, you know, there, there are uh, benefits to, to being on my inner circle. And, and you know, and, and oftentimes I provide them value in other ways, you know. Um, but, but um, yeah, it is, you know, it is, to, to your point, it is one of the most important uh, uh, fundamentals of, of, of this business. Yeah, exactly. And, and again, it's about the consistency yep. and being consistent, reach with them. Right. So absolutely love that uh, that point there. Mm-hmm. What, one point I want to make also is um, with with my Lee Croft real estate management, property management company, uh, I'm very proud to say that we have never lost a client other than I had one client sell his property and that's why we lost him. But it, you know, again, I started that business seven years ago. Um, and so it, it was basically born out of a need. Uh, you know, I had, uh, probably I, over the years, I probably have about a dozen investor clients that said to me, I, I want to invest. I want to buy real estate. I don't want to worry about a, a call on a Saturday night about a leaky toilet, you know? And so, uh, it was born out of a need. And so that, you know, that's how it was, you know, created and, um, it kind of helped my real estate business and it helped you know, on the, on the property management construction side. So, um, it started helping me secure more deals because I had, I can, you know, I can sell them on the property and then I can put that property into the management uh, company to, to be looked after. Right. I'm going to touch upon that in a minute in terms of that. Now it it reminded me of a story I heard on, uh, on somebody else's podcast yesterday Mm -hmm. and I found it was hilarious, right? Like, I mean, a lot of times people, you know, look, realtors t- tend to say, hey, you can get rental units, you got to get, uh, you know, like cash flow, and you're gonna have a lot of uh, ability to constantly buy, renovate, you know, the burst strategy, right. buy, renovate, uh, uh, rent, repeat, repeat whatever, yeah. all that, like, and, and then it's just like, and it make it sound like it's easy, like you just get somebody in there and and, and you got you got a made, the money's just flowing to your pocket. Oh, yeah. Like it's passive income. Fantastic. And everyone talks about uh, real estate <laughs> as if it's passive income. Now, yeah. where this podcast I, w- I was listening to, it was, um, you know, highlighting some of the uh, fun ventures of, uh, of the, mar- of being a landlord. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm going to tell his story. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, the guy had a, um, rental unit, um, and it was another realtor. He had a rental unit mm-hmm. and he was, um, middle of a Super Bowl, right? I mean, cause the, the things that never happen when you're sitting at home waiting around and, you know, twiddling your thumbs going to eat, 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 that never happens. It's always in there. You're in the middle of something. You go on vacation, you're getting that call. Super Bowl is happening. You're getting that call. So he got a call from his, uh, tenant and uh, saying that, uh, yeah, the uh, basement is, uh, you know, full of water. Hmm. And I goes, okay, well, uh, you know, is the sump pump working? Oh, yeah. And it goes, uh, okay, well, uh, you know, I was trying to figure out what it is. It goes, okay, anyways, leaves the Super Bowl party, goes straight to the uh, to the house, right? He's got to check it out. He's going, what the heck? Now, he was thinking, you know, it's just a little water, right? Like, it's a problem. 
Guy says it was up to his knees. Oh my god! So he says, "How is this possible? You know, is the sump pump working?" She goes, I, he's, "Clearly, she didn't know what a sump pump was. <laughs> he went to look at the sump pump; right. it was unplugged." Wow! Right, and then I asked and said, "Wait a minute, how come you the sump pump's unplugged?" Because mm-hmm. oh, I was saving electricity. She had no clue to what the sump pump did. Wow! So you know what I mean. So the point I'm getting at is, and yeah. it's not like where I'm going with the story is, it's not all rosy and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know flowers all the time it's like there are issues you have to deal with so it's not as passive as people think so now is it the same as a full-time job most times no Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but once in a while you got to put in like some part-time work some a little sweat equity if you want to make money in that business there Mm -hmm. is opportunity let's be honest there's lots of opportunity Mm -hmm. but problems are going to arise and you have to be prepared for that which is why when you have enough of them you can have a property management mm-hmm, company mm-hmm. which is why I'm going to throw it back to you and say how did you get into it? why did you get into it mm-hmm. uh so yeah why why did so i guess the reason the property management company was started um was solely because i was i was literally in my basement thinking to myself okay i have four client i had four clients on the go all investor clients, all had cash, all wanted to buy property. And to a man, each of them said to me, I'm not buying this property, but I have to look after it, period, end of story. They're, they're professionals, uh, have no knowledge of real estate. All they had was cash, right? Uh, one was actually a physician as well. And, and he just said to me, he doesn't have time to, to worry about these issues. So one of the things that I thought it was, was I had a property management background. I've done it, I, you know, I've done it for years. So I said to myself, uh, why don't I just incorporate a company um, and and start with one? So I did. I did just that. I started with one client, uh, basically sold him the property, and then he's like, "Okay, what do we do? What do we? What what do I do with this property?" I said, "Don't worry. I'll I will strategize. I'll put something together, and we'll go from there." So uh, what I created for him was basically I did a, a pro forma on like it was a street front retail property. That is our bread and butter street front retail property. Um, sometimes the retail, uh, street front retail has a component of residential above, but in this specific case, uh, we had suggested to him to get the highest and best use out of the property is we convert the residential to commercial units. So it, we had the commercial on the main floor and on the second floor, we created a secondary commercial unit. The rents were higher at that time, uh, commercial use versus residential. Yes, the taxes went up, the tax base went, and we, we covered all those issues. And in the end, financially, it still made sense to put two commercial units in it, uh, in that building. So um, we did that, and uh, sh- sure enough, he referred me to another professional, a friend of his. Uh, he was in a he was a, a law professional, a lawyer, and I did the same thing for him, and. Uh, we don't do a ton of advertising. Most of our business, we get our, our business comes from two ways. Number one, word of mouth. And number two, which is a big one, realtor uh, referral. So realtors basically going through what we went through when I started. We didn't have that umbrella. We didn't have that arm. We didn't have that construction arm. Because when you own a property, construction issues come up. And what's a... Um, property owner going to do? If, are they going to hire individual trades or are they going to say, 
company X, just, you know, Lee Croft, you, you take care of it. And that's what we've created. Um, and so now to date, we have uh, a small portfolio, but uh, we just secured a client last week. So I'm going to up the value. So we we're at $35 million under contract, uh, under our management. We're now at $37 uh, million under our management right now. So, um, so we're proud of that fact. I mean, we grew it from nothing and, you know, we've kind of grew it to where it is. And, um, and yeah, so we're, uh, we're, we're growing steadily. We do turn down business. Some residential clients ask us to manage their properties. We just, um, we can't service, like our main focus is commercial. Uh, yes, if a, an existing client has a condominium, hey, we just bought this, can you look after? Absolutely, we'll do it. Um, but we're not chasing that business for for a number of different reasons. Uh, one of them, and it's a huge one, is that the landlord tenant board is is um, uh, grossly in favor of the tenant and doesn't really give the landlord as much. Um, uh, let's just say they make it very difficult for for landlords here in Ontario. Versus commercial, it's a totally different um, hill of beans, and it is, uh, you know, if your rent doesn't come in, if they're in breach of the lease. You can, there's many different ways to terminate a lease and it's, it's almost instantaneously. I mean, uh, you know, maybe a five day grace period, but, um, I don't want to get into the details of it, but it's a, it's not eight months, 12 months to evict somebody. It's literally a week to two weeks after you, you know, you sever the, uh, the, uh, relationship a lot easier, a lot easier. Gotcha. So now with that being said, right, like. So you're managing other people's uh, properties. Mm -hmm. Now you said you're an investor, mm -hmm. so I'm assuming mm -hmm. you got into uh, some uh, units yourself. Yes. Um, so along the way, um, you know, you, you sort of buy property. And so um, actually my first property that I purchased was in, uh, it was in 2002 before I was licensed. I, I was just walking, it was an area uh, of Toronto, uh, Bathurst and Shepherd area between Allen Road and, and Bathurst. And I just was driving by and I saw a sign, 109,900. And I saw, that's sort of like the lost leader kind of sign to get you through the door. And it worked. I, I went through the door and I met with the sales lady. I literally had like sport equipment, like uh, clothing on. I wasn't dressed in any sort of way. I just kind of walked in and I looked young for my age when, you know, when I was 22. And, and so they just, I, I can only imagine what the sales lady was thinking when she saw me. But anyway, she, 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 um, you know, took my uh, questions and answered them. And, and uh, so the next day I returned and I, I bought a bachelor unit in that building. And if you ask me today, would I buy that same unit today? Absolutely not. What I bought was actually the worst unit in the building. I bought, mm -hmm. it was the first floor. It was facing the garbage bin. It was uh, no outdoor space, no bedroom. It was just a bachelor. It was 480 square feet. Now by today's standard, 480 square feet today is, you know, that's the standard one bedroom, you know, but in 2002, it was, un, it was undesirable unit. It, um, and so I was licensed during the construction period and put it for sale. That was my first transaction. I listed it for sale, had many showings, but nobody really came to the table. Make a long story short, I actually ended up selling it to my own client. I remember it was a Russian guy. Um, he was a really nice gentleman and we worked a deal out between us. 
and he was happy to live there. And I think he was going to do some business out of there. And, and I was happy to sell it. We worked out a price. I remember the price was one twenty three six fifty. That's one of the numbers that's sort of ingrained in my head. But um, one twenty three six fifty was the sale price. The purchase price was one oh nine nine hundred. And at the end of the piece, I made zero dollars. And looking back, I think that was probably my biggest success. And the reason was I was a young person starting in the business and it whetted my appetite. It whet my appetite to, to sort of move forward and do more properties. And so from that experience, I learned many things. I learned, you know, how to meet with the sales agent, how to sign papers, how to meet with a lawyer, pay your maintenance fee on time. Um, due list, diligence. Yeah, due diligence, right? And so um, once that was completed, deal was done, I received my check for, I think it was 19135 Anyway, it was around that number. It was my deposits, you know, uh, no profit on top. I went on to the next property and then the next property and the next, and then I started flipping properties and then buying and holding. And, and, uh, I regret my biggest regret is selling. I, I have three sales that I really, really regret because if I had hung on to them, I would have, you know, five times my money. But you know, you, when you're young, you go through situations where sometimes you have to sell or, or you have a partner that wants to sell. Um, but my strategy moving forward is buy and and hold. Um, my intent is never to sell anything. Gotcha. See, this, you brought up a good point here, right? There's, and so many people make this mistake. They try something once, it doesn't work. Like, take your uh, unit uh, mm -hmm. with that, uh, that bachelor. Mm -hmm. A lot of people would turn around and says, oh my God, that guy saved me. Mm -hmm. He saved me and got me out of my mess. So now that he got me out of that mess, I'm never doing this again because right. I can't afford to lose. Right. And that would, you know, turn people off and that would be the end of their, their journey. Right. But we all know that successful people turn around and say, okay, what did I do right? What did I do wrong? And how do I get better at this? Right. So kudos to you for that one. Well, thank you. I, like I said, I, it, it was a learning experience. It was a scary experience. It was, you know, your young person, like, uh, you know, what are the 22 year olds doing nowadays? Or, you know, are, are they buying real estate? Are they sitting on their couch at home? Like it was very scary. Um, it was a lot of money for, for me at that time. And it, it was a huge risk that yes, I didn't make any money, but I learned a ton and it got my property uh, investing journey on its way. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, uh, and you know what, let's be honest, right. I, Cause I can mock young kids now and say, ah, they're on their parents' yeah, uh, that's couch right. and all that. Right. But let's be honest. Mm -hmm. it, it, in some sense, look at the way things have gone. Yep. Incomes have not gone up as much right. as, uh, they should have mm -hmm. in comparison to what everything costs. Right. Right. So a lot of them are at home and they're at home cause they're scared. Right. Let's be honest. Right. right. Like they're scared. They're looking at going, where's the opportunity? Do I have opportunity? Right. And the truth is there's always opportunity if you want to look for it. Right. But it's not exactly like it hits you in the face like it used to. Yeah. I, I think, I think Toronto is, is becoming a world-class city. If it's not there already, I think there, it will be like Paris, like New York, like London, like, you know, Chicago, uh, Miami, it, it is going to be world-class. So it's going to be a, it's going to be very expensive to, to live in the city if you want to live in the city. Um, and I think that 
you know, I think that there, there, there is a ton of opportunity here to, to, um, to make money through real estate. You just have to get up and, and start, you know, start your, 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 your property investing uh, journey. Which brings up a point here. Now, I'm glad you got this because this is where I was heading, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's a good idea to get into real estate always. And it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what city, where you live. Right. But it's getting more expensive. Yeah. And it's becoming harder and harder for individuals right. to get into it. So, so you have somebody new who just graduated from school, mm-hmm. got a decent job. Maybe they're working at one of the telecom companies, mm-hmm. you know, getting 65 grand a year or something. Mm-hmm. And they want to invest in real estate, but they're looking at it. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, well, the $40,000 I have saved up isn't going to be enough mm-hmm. to buy something here. What would you suggest? How, like, how would you approach this? You know, that's a great question. Uh, the way I would approach that is I would, and I tell this to, to many young people who come to me looking for real estate advice, I would tell them, you know, if you want to invest, pool your money. Pool your money with one or two investors. Um you know, if you can't afford, but you want to buy and the will is there, get two or three partners. Doesn't have to be friends. It could be friends. Although sometimes it doesn't work out with friends, but get two or three people together. It's simple. You put a contract together, your joint, you know, joint tenancies or, or, or uh, partners, uh, you know, tenants in common. Tenants in common thank you. Um, and, and you, you just, you, you, you go out there and you invest that 40,000 cause you have 40, you know, Sally has 40, Joe has 40, you put it together, it's 120,000. There's your deposit, there's your down payment. And you start letting real estate do what it's supposed to do, which is, you know, mortgage gets paid down, equity gets built. And, you know, in time you refinance, you move on and and there's, there's strategies, there's ways to do it. I, I don't think, you know, just throwing your hands up in the air and say, I can't afford it. I'm done. I'm gonna be a forever renter that that's that's a you know a, a mindset that i if, if that's what you want to do out of your life you want to get that out of your if, if you want to to succeed and you want to um really invest in real estate and make it your goal to do so you could do it you just have to find like-minded people and 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 basically you know pull your money and, and get get started Absolutely. I agree with you on that. That's one way avenue to do it. There's many ways to get in. Right. And one of these strategies out there is you can invest, pool your money, invest yep. with somebody. Another way you can do it is that uh, maybe if you're uh, dating someone, you guys are going to move in together yes, or get right. married, live in the basement and rent upstairs Absolutely. while you're building that equity. So at least this way, the upstairs rent is collecting more money right. and contributing to that mortgage. So your payments are lower. Right. Um, another way to do it is you can get a, into a real estate uh, uh, a REIT, REIT yeah. right? Where uh, you have massive companies that buy properties mm-hmm. and you're investing into shares in a sense. Right. Or you can do the best, which is you can contact me, invest with Papaloni Capital, and you can make your 6 to 9% through investing with me. That's and I think that's the best route if you're not buying your own. I think but so. But I might be biased. I think so. <laughs> I think that's a fantastic idea. Um, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, a lot of people were, were sort of frightened at these high prices, and they are scary prices. But every piece of real estate that I've ever bought, I always feel like, Oh man, I just, I paid too much for it. You know, everyone thinks the same. Nobody, like it's rare to find someone, especially in the last 10 years who said, man, I scored a deal. Well, did you really, did you really score a deal or, or 
did you pay market value for it or above market value for it? You let 10 years pass and, and now you're, you're winning, right? It, I just feel like, uh, yes, you could, you can get a better deal than the next guy, but you're not going to get a slam dunk great deal unless it's, you know, the, the circumstances, you know, everything has to sort of fall in place for that to happen. So, um, but yeah, I, I would say uh, buy, like, you know, talking about buying times, right now what's happening in the market, I, I think is, is uh, you know, prices have softened. I think it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful uh, entry point into the marketplace right now. With that being said, I think your uh, window is very limited. Uh, bidding wars have already started yep. again. Yep. So it might actually be a little too late in terms of that. Might, yeah. might. Yeah. There's still opportunities out there if you're looking for them. Yeah. But if you had started a month and a half ago, oh. the opportunities would have been much better. If you started in November, December, that, that was really the time to buy. The, you know, the flip side is there wasn't anything to buy. But again, going back to the inventory, it's always been this way. We've never had especially in the last 20, we've never had properties, like too many properties, like more, you know, uh, selection, more, 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 more for people to, 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 to see and buy. Like it's really, you know, you, the very few properties that fall under, you know, under the, the client's wish list and they have to make a quick decision on it. Um, so I feel like, you know, the, 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 the real estate, it's, it's always, it's always been like that. And so I think right now is a, it is a great time to buy. Um, you know, the, the, the interest rates, I, I don't know where they're going to go and nobody does. And people who tell you that they do know, I think are probably lying to you. I think right now is, it's a, it's a, it's a unique uh, position that we're in, uh, uncharted territory, if you will, uh, for, for real estate investors and, and home buyers. So I, I do think it's a good time, but that's not to say that, you know, interest rates could drop this year which will add fuel to the fire. But by the same token, that doesn't mean they're going to slide all the way back. I think they could, you know, it's, it's not straight line. It could be up and down, up and, you know, we, we don't know what, what we're up against. We can, you know, we can listen and read and, and, you know, see what the economists tell us, but even they don't know 100%. Look, let's be honest. There's only one person who can give you accurate information, and that's me. <laughs> because my nickname is God. There no, you I'm go. Just kidding. <laughs> um, no, honestly speaking, though, yeah. um, you're right. Nobody yeah. can actually predict it. Nobody yeah. has a crystal ball. Right. Um, but if you look at data and past habits and past, yeah. uh, you know, outcomes, you can kind of have a general sense of yeah. where we are. Yeah. And the past doesn't necessarily dictate the future. Right. But you can definitely, you know, see a pattern through that. Yeah. Now, look, let's talk about yesterday's announcement where they kept the interest rates the same. Mm -hmm. Now, one thing they indicated that they're not afraid to raise it again if they have to raise it. Right. And they're not hesitant to do it. But... The intention of the interest rate increase was to curb inflation. Mm -hmm. Now, inflation isn't exactly at 2% or 3% of where they want it. It's still at 5 mm -hmm. But the thing is, it was heading in the right direction, which is why they chose to put a, a pause on it. Mm -hmm. Now, if inflation rate stays this way and drops a little bit or goes in the right direction, more than likely, going by the, by the data, more than likely, it'll either stay the same mm -hmm. or they'll drop it in the future. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But... If it starts curbing back up, I don't think that they're going to keep it the same. I think they're going to raise it again. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just speculation. Nobody truly knows, like yeah. you said. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, jokes aside, nobody truly knows. Mm -hmm. And we can only speculate. Mm -hmm. But historically speaking, 
even now with rates being, you know, hover, like four and a half is the Bank of Canada rate, mm-hmm. your mortgage is probably somewhere between 5.15 and 5.8, depending on your credit mm-hmm. and the mortgage you're after. Mm-hmm. So roughly, with that being said, historically speaking, that's still not a terrible rate. No, it's I not. think the issue is not the interest rates. And I think we focus too much on interest rates and blame interest rates mm-hmm. because uh, just normal humanity, we want to... Uh, typically blame something for something, mm-hmm. right? Like we can't just call it what it is. There has to be a blame somewhere. And right now everyone's blaming the interest rates. Right. But the reality is, I, again, it goes back to what we said, low inventory and on top of that, high prices. Mm-hmm. The, the reality is for the salaries that people are making versus the cost of the average house today, mm-hmm. they do not align. And I think that is the biggest factor of it all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I would say that as well. Um, I also think that the one piece that, you know, is the immigration. The amount of people we have moving to Toronto for, you know, coming from, from different parts of the world and, and they're coming here for a better life and, and, to, to, uh, and to live here, grow families. So that's going to put upward pressure on prices for sure. Um, you know, but I just feel like... Um, it's a perfect storm right now. I think the interest rates are high. Prices in Toronto really haven't softened. Yes, the outlying regions in the GTA, yes, we've all read the charts, you know, 26% down here, 30% down here, Oshawa suffering, um, places like Bowmanville, you know, have really fallen off from the peak. Um, But the peak was, you know, an extraordinary it was a time we'll never see again. It was just, you know, perfect storm of things that, that happened. Uh, and, and that's why the prices went where they went. Now we're coming back to pre-COVID levels, which was a balanced market in, in, in 2019, 2018. It was, it was, you know, a kind of regular, typical market. And the interest rates, I'll tell you, when I bought that first condo that we spoke about earlier, my interest rate was 4.85% on a five-year deal. So like they've always hovered around where we are now. And I know I I just secured a a mortgage for a client of mine the other day. It was 4.59 for five years. So the five years come down, but the variable is still higher, which, you know, uh, we haven't seen that in many years. Um, You know, my my HELOC, for example, is 6.9 or 8 or something around that number. And um, that is, it's 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 a, it's an okay rate. I can live with that rate. Kind of keeps me in check not to overspend and use it. But the the um, you know the HELOC, if it, if it was more in life, it was le- if it was like three percent, four percent, I'd be more inclined to use it. You know, shop around, use it for you know this, that, and the third. So um, so I think these rates are doing what they're intended to do, and that's to slow down the economy. Right. With that being said, and the change in the market, now there's a lot of speculation out there and even people who wanted to get into the business right? and they want to become realtors, whether it's because of what they see their friends doing mm-hmm. and the glamour side or whether they're genuinely interested in it mm-hmm. really doesn't matter. But there's going to be hesitation in there and there's going to be worry based on the changes. Right. So what would your advice be for a new or an aspiring upcoming realtor? Wow. Good question. Um, I mean, look, if I was a new agent today, I would probably, um, I would look for a mentor, someone who could show me the ropes, show me how to do it properly. Because the last thing you want to do is just start, 
you know, in the business and, you know, not have any advice or mentorship and, and you're going to end up failing. Um, so that would be my, 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 my advice and do, you know, what, the basics, like start at ground one, do everything that that mentor tells you to do. Knock on doors, cold calling, uh, you know, using social media nowadays, you know, be on different platforms and, and get your message out there and be always, um, just being involved and seeing another realtor do his thing. You can kind of learn a lot from that realtor, um, or maybe that team, if you join a team. So I would say, don't go at it alone. Uh, you know, I think if you go at it with the mindset that you're going to learn as much as you can, um, and, and have some support, like have some either six months of, of money in the bank, uh, or have, uh, you know, hopefully if you're, if you're a young person, and you're living at home, kind of maybe stay at home because it is, you know, you're not going to get paid for six months. At least you're not going to do a deal. You might do a couple of lease deals, but that won't really provide much income. So, my advice would be just latch on to a group or a, a you know, a, a realtor who, who's been in the business uh, quite some time and, and learn from them. Learn as much as you can. Makes total sense. And I agree with you on that. So now I'm going to get into two more questions before I go into what I call the lightning round. Oh, wow. Okay. So second it. last question yep. is how do you know you've had a successful day? How do I know I've had a successful day? Well, um, in this business, we are, and I heard it, I heard it somewhere. I, I don't recall where, but we're, I guess, professional talkers. And so if I've talked to, you know, if I've had, if I've had five to seven real estate conversations in that day and I've helped cause I give away free advice all day long. Um, and I, I literally get called if I had to, count I never do but I guess probably 30 calls a week just on hey wh what do you think of this what do you think of that uh, what do you advise I do with this and it's not all real estate related but kind of revolves around it could be mortgages could be real estate could be property management could be investing could be all, all sorts of things but um, if I've talked to five to seven people in a day and help them out that's a successful day uh, for me because I know that I've helped them and now they have some clarity as you know, and, and, and normally I get a text message or an email after we had that conversation, say, Mark, thanks for the advice. Really appreciate your time. And, and they move on. So that would be a successful day for me. Fantastic. Last but not least, mm -hmm. where do people find you? Oh, they can find me on Instagram. Uh, that's the primary, uh, that's my primary so, sort of social media, um, uh, place they can find me at Mark Dodaro. Um, and, uh, Facebook, of course. And, um, yeah, at, uh, at right at home realty. Uh, I, I'm an, as I said, an agent there and, uh, or they can call me directly. I, I always answer my phone 416-909-5111. Fantastic. That's uh, amazing. So let's get into the lightning round. Sure. So question number one, what is your favorite food and why? Oh, I got to go with, uh, it's a tie between pizza and, and uh, gnocchi. I'm Italian background and I have, uh, I love Italian food and uh, that, that would be it. Well, I, I can't blame you for that one. <laughs> Especially the gnocchi one because it's oh, usually homemade, right? Oh, I love it. Love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah. So second question is, what is your favorite vacation spot? 
Oh, I love to travel. Um, so for me, uh, I, I've traveled many, many different places. Um, I love Europe, but you know, there's one place that I, I truly, you know, it's like my happy place and it, it's, it's not exotic. It's not, it is just Florida. I, I, there's a place in Fort Lauderdale that we like to travel to. And I just get this sense of, this is my happy place, sense of calm, you know, and, and that, that would be one of my favorite places to go. But again, it's not most exotic, but it is uh, one of my favorites. You know what? Ironically, in two weeks, I'm landing in Fort Lauderdale. There you go. I'm going to be staying in Naples, Florida. <laughs> oh, amazing. Amazing. So Enjoy it's it. It's funny how you mentioned Florida yep. two weeks before I actually there, go. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I, lo- I, I actually travel there. Um, I like to get there two, three times a year. It's just, uh, uh, it's just, it's my happy place. I just let my guard down and I just, it's my place. So I just, I know the streets. I know uh, the neighborhoods and I know the restaurants and it's just very, very, it feels like Toronto, but just with warmer weather. Well, there you go. You're going to be on my speed dial whenever I'm driving. <laughs> I'm looking for. Yeah. <laughs> I got, I have some recommendations for you. So with that being said, what is your favorite podcast or book or and or? <laughs> oh, podcast or book. Uh, well, Think and Grow Rich is, is by Napoleon Hill is, uh, one of the first books that actually got me investing, uh, in the investing mindset. I read it. I remember at 18, a, a, a classmate bought it for me and, uh, I, I would, I wish I had his contact information now because I would love to thank him. Cause I read that book. Uh, at least once every two years, I, I go back to it and I read it again, even though I've read it a hundred times, but, um, that, that's, that's my favorite book. Uh, my favorite podcast. I have a few actually, uh, one is the John Papaloni show. Um, and the, uh, the second one will be the, uh, Canadian real estate show It's actually, uh, uh, I think that's what it's called. Canadian, Canadian real estate, estate investor, Daniel Fosh. No, no, no. um, TK, oh, I don't remember his name, but it's it's uh, Canadian okay, real gotcha, estate. Yeah, gotcha, yeah, gotcha. yeah. I like that show. Um, that's awesome, and thanks for the uh, yeah. compliment. Oh, and the and the I am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. I find that just, it's just for for pure entertainment. I go to that one. That that's 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 uh, uh, I, he he's uh, Michael Rappaport. He's a very funny guy. Gotcha. Okay. Last but not least, mm-hmm. if you had unlimited amount of money mm-hmm. and you had forty eight hours to spend it, what you spend, oh. you get to keep. What you don't spend gets taken away. What would you do? What you sorry? What you spend, you get to keep. keep. And what you don't spend gets taken away. Okay, I would. Well, obviously, I buy real estate. I buy real estate. Um, something that pays me in the future. Um, I wouldn't waste it on. Uh, I mean, I guess I'd buy a, a, a vehicle, but uh, but yeah, just real estate. I buy real estate. That's phenomenal. Yeah, it's. Um, been a great episode. I want to say thank you so oh, much thank for coming you. in. Thank you for having me. It's been a real, uh, real delight to meet you and uh, and do this with you. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so we're inside the uh, Royal Page Signature Studios and recording. This has been the John Papaloni Show. We're checking out. If you like what you saw and you want to see some more episodes, subscribe to the link below.